This is The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for The Best of Investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. My two co-hosts, Mark Honf and Nam Fon, are off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And uh, each certificate's worth about $100. So it's a nice little uh, gift that we're giving away. Today's trivia theme is the 1980s. We'll see how much you know about the 1980s. Now, we do have a special guest. Uh, it is uh, Our special guest today is Tony Bradshaw of Millionaire Choice. We all want to be millionaires. In fact, I'm a thousandaire. How's that? So, uh, Tony, welcome to The Best of Investing. How are you? Yeah, doing well, Edward. Thanks for having me on the show. Great. Okay, so uh, give us a little bit about your background and then uh, what you're going to do for us on the show here today. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, grew up in uh, East Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee, low income family, uh, trying to, you know, put food on the table and, uh, you know, going through all the hardships that lower income families make and uh, or face. And, you know, at 25, decided I didn't want to be had my what I call my financial awakening where I decided I didn't want to be broke anymore. I kind of woke up and said, oh, this is you mean I'm broke and I'm spending all my money and I'm going in debt like that's a terrible formula. Yeah. And so I made a change that year. I started learning about money. And I uh, just realized that, uh, you know, it didn't take much work. Uh, let me say that it does take a lot of work. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot of smarts. You have to learn a, a few things, but money's really not that complicated. And I figured out I could be a millionaire by age 40. So I started working on that goal. And uh, now I'm teaching other people how to do that. Great. Uh, so at age 25, took you, I mean, if you did it in that time frame, it took you 15 years. Yeah, right around that time frame, uh, I was able to do it and, I thought that was pretty special until I started meeting all these guys that are doing it by age 25 and 30. I don't feel special anymore. (laughs) I get it. Um, So uh, tell us, where did your investment uh, journey start and uh, how did you get into the space? Yeah. So once I figured out that I was, you know, broke and spending all my money, I was made $39,000 my first year out of college. I saw that I was $16,000 in debt, about two, $3,000 on credit cards, about 12, 13,000 on a car. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh wow. I made 39 grand, but I'm 16 grand in debt. That's a $55,000 move in the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you got to yeah. keep your money a little, at least a little bit of it. Right. If you want to sure. get somewhere. So, I came up with a very simple plan once I started studying magazines and, uh, you know, back today we've got the internet and all this media we can pull on, but back then we had books and magazines mostly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's what I read. I just read everything I could started learning about it. That's what I had grown up doing is, you know, if I did anything right as a kid, it was kind of shaped my mind into a learning type mind where I was always trying to learn new things. And so I applied that to money. Well, what was your, what was your uh, background? Cause did you, you went to uh, high school and college? Yeah, yeah. So I went off to my parents uh, did not go to high school. I'm sorry, they went to high school, didn't go to college. My mom did a couple of years, but didn't finish. My dad uh, dropped out of school to support himself when he was like uh, 10th grade, I think. And so, uh, you know, he struggled with a lot of uh, educational type level things. So but fortunately for me, they helped me go to college. I studied engineering and became a mechanical engineer. So I was doing manufacturing at the time, manufacturing engineering at the time and plant 
plant management type stuff, assembly lines and things. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so I just retooled my financial plan from spend everything I made and going to debt to, uh, Hey, let's, you know, let's, let's not do that. Let's invest about a third of our money. Uh, I, I chose investing at that point. I looked at, uh, you know, one of the main two, um, was buying stocks. And so I bought stocks, uh, individual stocks, mostly tech stocks. Cause that was what I was learning about at the time. And mutual funds. So I would split my money up there about a thousand dollars. Instead of spending it all, put a thousand dollars, 500 into mutual funds, $500 into uh, buying stocks, but per month. And then I paid off debt with about a thousand dollars. So I had about a thousand, 3000 liquid. And okay, so, so let me interrupt you for just a second, because yeah. the thing is a lot of that sounds to me, you know, unless you suddenly got a job that paid a lot more, it was more of a mindset of spending less. I mean, you oh, either yeah. make, more, make more income or spend less. That's the only way to to, to increase your wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately I was living at home with my mom and dad paying two, okay. uh, $200 a month in rent and board and they went easy on me. So I paid okay. what they wanted. I was, I was willing to pay more, but yeah, it was really just retooling my finances, just going, Hey, I'm, I'm spending all this money. Why not? What happens if I don't eat out every day? What happens if yeah. I don't buy the latest, uh, you know, piece of stereo equipment or whatever I can yeah. find. And, uh, it really was that, that much of a shift in, and, you know, live off of a thousand, uh, pay off debt with a thousand and then invest a thousand. It was pretty you know, simple. I, I, I mean, I, I love what you did. And I love the fact that your parents assisted you in a good way because they, they helped you up rather than just, you know, bail you out. I mean, you had to pay, pay rent, but it wasn't overwhelming. You know, it kind of, kind of reminds me a little bit. Um, and I, I told the story years ago on the show here that uh, my son, when he first got out of college and he was starting his first job, he didn't have much savings and he needed to rent an apartment. And then and actually he was going to be sharing it with someone. So he was going to keep the costs down, but they wanted first, last and security. Well, he needed, I think it was uh, $3,600 um, is what he needed. So um, we made an arrangement. Uh, I said, okay, tell you what, I'll lend you the 3,600. And I said, you tell me, you know, I'll do it interest-free. You tell me what, uh, you know, what payback you want to do, you know, don't make it too short to put a stress on you, but don't make it too long and make it ridiculous. So he came up with $600 a month for six months. And I thought that was actually a little too much, you know? Uh, and I said, well, are you sure? And he says, no, I think I can do it. And I said, okay, well, tell you what, I'll let you do it that way. But if you run into any financial problems or you're getting stressed, you let me know and we'll just stress it out. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, stretch it out a bit. You know, so and it worked out perfectly. And now, you know, if he needs to borrow any money for anything, and she doesn't, but if he does, it's all there. Hey, tell you what, we're going to go to our first commercial uh, break trivia question here. We're talking the 1980s. And just as a reminder, uh, Tony, if you know the answer, don't, don't answer yet. We'll let you answer when we come back. All right. First trivia question. In 1984, Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire while doing a commercial for which company? That's our trivia question. Call 888-912-1190. The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. Again, Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire in 1984 uh, while he was doing a commercial for which company? Stay with us. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM. The answer. 
Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with my special guest, Tony Bradshaw of Millionaire Choice. Uh, First trivia question. In 1984, Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire while doing a commercial for which company? Do you remember that one? Yeah, I know that one. That was a pretty big event back in the day, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I get to answer this, right? Yeah, you get to answer. Yes. All right. So that was uh, Pepsi. 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 One for one. Good job, Tony. All right. So uh, we were talking about how you had a mindset change where you pretty much just decided to cut your expenses. And at the time, I guess you, you were working in the mechanical engineering field. Yeah, at that time, I was my first full year as an engineer. Yeah, I was able to okay. finish my first full year, and it was more money more money than I'd ever seen in my life. But I think prior to that, I might have said $5,000 in one year. All of a sudden, I'm looking at a $39,000 W-2 statement, and you know, just, try, just in shock. I remember opening the paperwork up and just going, where the crap did all that money go? Yeah, yeah. who's fighting? Why is he taking all my money? You know? I know, yeah. right? Like, where did it Where's all go? Up? Yeah. And uh, that, that was a shocker for me. I think I was pretty fortunate to figure it out that fast. And then, you know, and being a, you know, if I, like I said before, if I did anything, I, I try to teach people to get money smart because every, every rich dude, no, no rich guys, I don't care how much money they got, came out of the womb with a calculator and a gold bar in their hand, right? They didn't, they didn't do That's it. They had, they had to learn. They had to learn just like the rest of us. The difference is they did learn. And yeah. some of them learn sooner than others. And, you know, there's different ways to learn in different cycles. But, yeah, everybody's got to do it, right? That's the thing I love about wealth building is you, the process is there. You just got to follow the process that all the other people that got rich followed. And, you know, you got a pretty good shot at it. Okay. So the first thing that I, I heard from an advice standpoint, which I totally agree with, is, uh, you know, basically live, not only live within your means, but see what you can cut back. Okay. So I like that. Um, and uh, what type of investment classes uh, do you specialize in? Yeah, so I, I like to dab a lot of things. I, I kind of got stuck on mutual funds for a while. So when I first started investing, I looked at real estate, tried to get my buddy to buy some with me, but he he said he wanted co-ownership. I said no. So I stuck with mutual funds and stocks because that's what I you know had enough money to get into. And then later, I stopped doing swing trading on stocks. I did pretty well with it, but I went to work for a guy that does uh, personal financial teaching, and uh, you, you pretty much needed to do what was taught. And, and you know, so I stuck with mutual funds okay let, uh, let me go back for just a second. and then okay let me go back for just a second you said that you had a friend you you wanted to do real estate with but he wanted to be co-owner and you didn't want to do that uh what what uh strategy were you trying to do with him yeah. So basically, as I was learning about finances and how to invest, I looked at stocks, but I'm also going, oh, I need to buy a piece of property too. So I'm 25 yeah. years old, 26, going, I need to buy a house, get out from my mom and dad. I can rent this thing out. My buddy can move in, pay me rent, which is a great model. Uh, it's oh, a gotcha. great model. Yeah, so, yeah, he's like, yeah. he's like, I'm not going to pay you rent. I'll, I'll co-own it with you. And I'm like, no. You know, well, you can just go find your own apartment, which he did. He ended up moving into an apartment, yeah. paying rent to an apartment until he got married, which was like, I don't even know how much later it was. It was pretty late. Like I think, like, I think it close to about seven years later, he got out of the apartment situation. I'm like, dude, you could have just lived with me in a house, yeah. more space, you know, nicer accommodations, sure. but you weren't willing to do it. But you know, that's a good model that people use. And I, I like that one. Well, you know, it's a very interesting. You mentioned that because uh, when I was 24, it's exactly what I did. I moved out of, out of my mom's house and I bought a condo and I had two roommates and they helped pay the mortgage and taxes, et cetera. Uh, uh, they, they didn't even, they didn't even ask to, um, uh, own it with, because I didn't know them actually. I just, it was back then you put it out of the paper. There was before Craigslist and all that. And yeah. uh, I got fortunate because they were actually very good roommates. Um, but 
Yeah, that, that, that worked out really well. Uh, let's see what we got here. Okay, so uh, what uh, types of in- investment structures do you and your investors like and why? Yeah, I think what I try to teach people, Edward, is uh, invest at your competency level. So, you know, the vast majority of Americans don't know squat about investing. They don't even know there's a financial game being played, right? And so the first thing they got to do is get in the game, start learning a little bit. But I really encourage people not to stop with just mutual funds. If you you invest with a financial advisor, which is okay, it's perfectly fine. But you're going to be your your ability to leverage the market or get investment dollars, you know, and diversify is very limited because your money's getting directed into one asset class, yeah. which would be the stock market. And then you, you get taught, uh, hey, you're diversified across all these stocks. Well, that's true, but you're still in one asset class. If all of your money that you're working for is going into the stock market, um, I believe that personally that that's a very dangerous thing. And the reason yeah. I believe that is because when you look back over the stock market over 100 years, there's periods of time where the market dumped and it didn't recover for 20 or 30 years. So if you're a 50 year old guy like me and the market dumps, you're living, you're dead before the market recovers fully. Like that's, well, that's his yeah, late 1973 through, through yep. the beginning of 75, uh, it dropped 50% if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right. Now, now you got to make hundred percent on your money just to break even. So uh, yeah, you can hit those highs, but yeah, I, I used to do a lot in the stock market in my late teenage and early 20s. Um, and I, I actually did fairly well myself, you know, but I had some losers. And uh, it finally, it kind of dawned on me that I said, you know what, I don't really have the stomach for this. I don't like the idea of looking in the paper every day and your day, did I make $1,000? Did I lose $1,000, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I pretty much just kind of stuck with real estate, uh, you know, and mostly yeah. on the lending side, because even then, you know, being a landlord, you know, it's got its ups and downs, right? Uh, you know, tenants, toilets, and, and what's the other T? <laughs> Taxes, I guess. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I like being a lender, you know. So it's a little bit less rate of return, but a little bit more conservative. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what you got to do is, is learn. I try to encourage people to increase their competency level. Another thing I tell yeah. people is that uh, no one cares more about your money than you. So yes. if you're not going to care about it, if you're not going to study money, don't expect to get good results from your financial advisor. I mean, Absolutely. because you, you've got to put time into it. That's just the reality. The other thing I tell people, you asked me about asset classes. I, I do think real estate is... Okay. You're kind of cutting um, in. I've gotten more into real estate in the okay. last probably decade. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's, that was the big one for me. Okay. And uh, I, I noticed in the back there, and I, people listening on the radio can't see it, but people who will YouTube this can see in the back, it looks like you've got a book that you wrote, Millionaire Choice. And we're, when we come back from break, I want you to explain about uh, what that is and then how you're helping others to uh, uh, get financial freedom, as they say. All right. So now we're going to cut to our second trivia question. Again, we're talking the 1980s. In 1985, who made their musical movie debut with The Power of Love? All right. Yeah, you're nodding your head. You think you know this one too. All right. Call 888-912-1190. The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate, again, which is worth over $100, supplied by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Question again is, in 1985, who made their musical movie debut with The Power of Love? And if you notice, I didn't sing it because uh, that might just give it away. All right. Stay with us. You are listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. 
More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with my special guest, Tony Bradshaw of Millionaire Choice. So our second trivia question on the 1980s was, in 1985, who made their musical day movie debut with The Power of Love? All right, I'll give it a shot. Uh, I'm going to go with Huey Lewis, but... That is correct. Oh. Yeah. The power of love. Yeah. I knew, well, you know, I knew the song, Edward, but I did not know he was in a movie. You know, it's so funny. I have to go I'm watch that. the same thing. Yeah. I figured, I, I know he sang that song and uh, sports was the uh, uh, name of the album, I think. And that's where a lot from uh, Back to the Future uh, came. There's a lot of, a lot of movies, a lot of um, uh, songs that, uh, that came from that sports album that that went really like i don't know if it went platinum or whatever but uh pretty good okay so now in the background there you have a book you wrote called millionaire choice uh, basically what uh what's in the book yeah so it's got a couple things in it mostly it's my life story about how i grew up in a broke family with you know water getting cut off power getting cut off all those kinds of things i really want people to understand that people that become millionaires are just like you and they're just like anybody else they're not there's nothing special i didn't grow up in a you know an ivy league school and get a you know a high education high level education i was just an average guy you know and uh coming from an average family you know maybe um you know had hardships and struggles you know my mom i didn't put this in the book but my mom managed convenience stores and was robbed at gunpoint like six different times as a kid so, but she did what she needed to do to put food on the table. And, you know, that's the sacrifices they made. So they taught me hard work. So I've got in there what's called, I call the 10 keys of the millionaire. And those are the 10 yeah. keys that I attribute to me being able to build wealth and, you know, break free from that broke lifestyle. The first two keys don't have anything to do with money. It's more about how you live your Yeah. It's more of a, uh, a mind character. Key number one. Yeah. Yep. And then the second one, which is, I think, one of the most critical ones, is it maximize your time. That's millionaire key number two, because we all have the same amount of time. If you want to know why you're broke, it's because you didn't use your time wisely. You didn't oh. take, you didn't learn, you didn't spend the time learning what you needed to learn to break free from that lifestyle and redeem that time. And uh, that's a big one, man. And I think uh, a lot of people make excuses on why people are rich and why other people are broke. And, and it really, a lot of it comes down to time. And, you know, I've done over a hundred episodes on my podcast, interviewing people that had even worse hardships than I did. Yeah. Um, some that grew up in or spent years in a Chinese concentration camps and mm-hmm. then got out of that three years in Chinese concentration camp as a high school student, and then went on to become a millionaire. So think about that that you know that's that's crazy hardship and um yeah nothing was handed to us and and that's that's really the story the last thing that kind of separates that book out is what i call once you learn all this knowledge and things i really do believe that you can predict when you're going to become a millionaire plus or minus like a year and so i try to help people put together their own millionaire plan which is what i did when i was 25 i said you know what here's how i'm going to do it i'm going to be a millionaire by age 40 and and then you do it right and it doesn't mean you've got it all figured out it just means you've got some of it figured out and you're moving in the right direction and uh, but i really do believe that and and that's kind of what i see time and time again from people i talk to is that they get they get some movement going and and they have a a goal and a purpose and they're able to do some pretty incredible things with their money you you know the thing i really like about it is you're you're not saying there's some magic bullet out there you mean you're you're being honest about the fact that it's hard work uh or just you know that you have to work into it and hard it depends you know i mean sometimes you'll catch some breaks um you know unfortunately 
with the way the government was handing out money like water and people getting paid for sitting on the couch watching Netflix, uh, that's that's hard to overcome because it's just too tempting to just go, well, why should I work hard? I mean, you know, I, I tell this story. I think I've told this story before, too, is um, there was a, a guy who was on welfare and uh, he was able bodied. And uh, this contractor just kind of knew of him. And he said, uh, you know, hey, I'll, I'll hire. And this is, you know, this is like 20, 30 years ago. He said, uh, you know, if you can swing a hammer, um, you know, how about I give you a job and I'll pay you 15 bucks an hour, basically, which was decent wages back then. And the guy says, well, that sounds great. And so he says, okay, great. Meet me here Monday morning at, you know, 8 a.m. and then we'll go to work. You know, 8 a.m., no show. Guy, the contractor waits around another half an hour, no show. But he knew where he lived. So he, Knock, he goes over, he looks in the window and he sees the guy just sitting there watching TV. And he knocks on the window and he says, hey, he goes, I thought you were going to meet me at 8 a.m. You know, I was going to pay you 15 bucks an hour to start working for me in the contracting field, right? And the guy says, well, like, I did the math. And uh, he goes, I can pay 12 bucks an hour effectively on welfare, not working. You know, whereas with you, I make 15 bucks an hour, but then taxes and hard work, it doesn't pay for me. It doesn't pay. You know, and, and and then here's so really, it's kind of funny. You, you look at a guy like that and you say, you know, actually, he's very intelligent. He figured that out. Right. But, you know, when people don't have an incentive to work, I mean, that's that's really challenging. And then also you know, to be purposeful in your life. Like I, I literally love what I do. I don't think I'll ever retire, you know. Monday mornings, I, I'm all excited because, yeah, I get to work for a whole week, you know. <laughs> so um, do you set book and you sell it on uh, Amazon or? Yeah, it's on Amazon. You can find the Millionaire Choice on Amazon. Uh, you know, any major bookseller's got it. Edward, you got uh, Barnes & Noble. You got a bunch of different things like that. And uh, yeah, it really just teaches you the principles. I think sometimes like you're saying that mindset, that's one of the first things that has to shift for somebody yeah. is their money mindset. And that's what you were describing with the the business guy that went to hire the, the gentleman that decided to sit on the couch. Because, you know, what I find is I coach people. And I hope your listeners will will pick this up is most people are, do not have the ability to create a vision for their own future that's yeah. any different than their current day, the way they live. That's a, that's a fact. Right. And I, and I see that yeah. time and time again. What made me different from, you know, every other 25 year old that was living in a broke family? And there, well, there's, there's tens a, millions of them. You know, there's always the excuse. Oh, you got lucky. I'm not smart enough. And yada, yada, yada. It's all crap. That's all that. You know, I don't, there's no other way to say it. Yeah, it's it's all bunk. And, uh, you know, as soon as I tell somebody I'm a millionaire, that's the first thing they start. I'm like, I know it's, they roll their eyes and I look at them. I'm like, oh, I know what you're thinking. Let me let me spell it out for you. And you're all wrong. You're all wrong. hundred percent. Right. And that's what I love about wealth is that when you go down that track, it's a repeatable process that anybody can do because I'm not that smart. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. We come back. We have a few more questions for you there, Tony. All right. Our third trivia question in 1983, what did 125000000 million people watch? All right. 888-912-1190. Give us a call. We win that tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. 
Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, along with my special guest, Tony Bradshaw of Millionaire Choice. Uh, third trivia question. In 1983, and I remember this very well, what did 125 million people watch? All right. Can I take a shot? Absolutely. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that was the Space Challenger explosion. Was that? 13? No, actually, that was 1986, I believe. Oh, this one, I remember it vividly because my uh, wife was in school, in college, and uh, they put it on a big screen, uh, you know, because everyone was going to watch it. It was the final episode of MASH. And oh, I, and yeah, I remember watching that, but I was only 13 at the time, so I was a little bit younger. Yeah, you're just a child. Child, I tell you. Okay. Uh, Tony, we have a few more questions for you here. So do you work with private investors and raise capital for your projects? Not yet. Uh, I don't do that yet. Uh, what I do is I have a couple of, I have quite a few relationships now. So I'm kind of evolving the way I invest in, in people I hang around. So, you know, they say that you're an average of the five people, your income is the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? That's your network. I've never, I actually never heard that before. That's yeah, your network is your net worth. That's a kind of a thing saying, so, the, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst of and have been for the last several years of uh, building up my network a little bit beefier. So I've got a couple of young guys, man. They're pretty incredible dudes. They're uh, 25 years old. I'm sorry, 35 years old now. But they teach people how to trade in the stock market, and they make money whether it's going up or going down. Oh. And uh, this, they've got groups, and they teach people how to just wake up every day, do their trading. You don't have to – And it, it's what's interesting is they're the experts. Yeah. And so you're learning from an expert instead of trying to figure it out yourself. And so – I'm learning more and more from these guys, but you know, these guys got net worth over 25 million. You know, I've got a friend, one of them bless his heart. Like I'm, I'm up here working with my family at Christmas and new years. And he's texting me pictures from his Island, his private Island down in the Bahamas. And wow. just, and he's still there. He's still there. He spends a whole month down there every year, I guess. And just sends me pictures. Like he's just rubbing it in. How, uh, how much does it cost to buy a private Island in the Bahamas? I have no, I've seen a few, like maybe like 4 million or something, depending on which island you buy or something like that. And, and he, uh, it's, it's, I've not been down there, but he hosts events down there wow. and, uh, has like, I don't know how big 20,000 square foot, uh, residents on there and how, stuff. How, what's his net worth? I have no idea specifically, but it's more than mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Now you, in, in one of the questions here that we had for you, uh, something about cryptocurrency. What do you think about cryptocurrency? Yeah, that's a that's a very deep hole to dig and go down. But let me tell you where what I think. I think cryptocurrency was engineered by some very specific people for a very specific purpose. And uh, you're going to see crypto is going to replace cash long term. That's what's going to be done. You're going to have a cashless society. Well, and, the Bible uh, even predicts about a cashless society. Well, yeah, let's go. Let's go there. Yeah, it's it's yeah. here. This is it, right? So, uh, yeah. is it an investment or is it not? Um, I think there are other investments you can make, and we could talk about investment strategies all day long. Uh, I like playing and dabbling in the cryptocurrency market, but once again, you need to invest with your own competency level. Um, yeah. If you're not if you're not doing well in stocks and you're not doing well in uh, real estate, which are consistently across. You know, when you look, let me say it this way, Edward, let, let me put it this way. I like to look at history and go for, you know, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 years, what's really been the backbone of the financial world. And it really comes down to three things. It comes down to business. Like if you own a business and you can make money, you can generate your own money. That's a foundation of wealth. Yep. Real estate has always been a foundation of wealth. Because yeah, everybody needs a place to live. 
Yeah, or farm or produce food or any of that kind of stuff. Now, that's a whole other discussion with what's going on in the world today. And the third one is gold and silver, like commodities, like precious metals. And right now you see, if you want to read some of this, you can read some stuff by Jim Rickards, James Rickards. Uh, You've got Russia, China, Brazil, a lot of countries right now are putting their currencies back on gold standards. So they've been buying up gold and silver now for, you know, a decade or better. Uh, But it hasn't really moved that much, though. Well, that's because it's a suppressed price. So when you've got price manipulation going on in commodities, which happens, that's why it's suppressed. And so there's actually a lawsuit that was filed. I think uh, this year a guy got convicted from J.P. Morgan Chase Bank for manipulating – the uh, silver price and JP yeah, Morgan Chase you know Bank. It's so funny because that's what uh, uh, Nelson and Bunky Hunt did back in the late 1970s. They, they uh, ran up uh, silver up to, I think it was 50 bucks or close yeah. to 50 dollars. And yeah. I don't know if it was illegal what they did, but uh, they you know, kind of cornered the market, so to speak. Yeah. Same thing with like diamonds, you know? Yeah. Uh, De Beers. Right. It's like, why is this little diamond thing worth as much as, uh, you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's pretty to look at, but gee, that's kind of great, yeah. you know? Um, and, and the thing is, with, you know, gold and silver, the reason that it has been used for currency is it's, it's fairly hard, but it's fairly soft. So it's malleable, you know, mm-hmm. and there is only so much of it and it's easy to carry around. And, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, you can't carry anvils with you. <laughs> it says, uh, yeah. this currency, it's a little bit too heavy for that. Well, um, I think the other thing, the other thing too, Edwards, is when it comes out of the ground, there's had to be energy put in to pulling it out of the ground. That was a refinement process. So yeah. as soon as it comes out and goes into circulation, there's an intrinsic value already fixed to that. Now, you yeah, fast it, forward. You know, but it used to be like, I mean, you, you use gold for fillings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, there is still some conducting type stuff. You'd know them more than I would. Uh, but they can, they have other sources of, of stuff. The thing is about with crypto though, like which crypto do you like? Because, you know, I, I, why don't you and I just start the uh, Tony Bradshaw Edward Brown cryptocurrency, right? I mean, yeah. You know, there's what a couple of thousand of them out there already. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think 15,000 maybe. 15,000. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's like the, it's like, I keep saying this, it's like the tulips of the, the 1600s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think, well, the, the, my, my uh, cryptocurrency investment strategy, and this is what I told some of the guys I worked with, like, unless you're going to get deep into it, you just stick with the basics. You just stick with the top, you know, top five or top 10, those top five or top 10. I got you, into crypto. You, you trade it, you know, you sell um, yeah, some of it you can trade. Uh, some of it you want to do. That's a, the strategy you have. Do you want to do a buy and hold strategy? Do you want to do a swing trade, ride the ups and downs? Um, you, and the more you, the more sophisticated you get, the more you've got to be in it every day, right? The other thing yeah. you can do, yeah, bot trading. Um, yeah. And then the, the the interesting thing about crypto that you can do is you can park it too. So just like you park. Um, you know, your money in a bank and the bank takes all the interest from you, right? When you park it, they get all the proceeds. Uh, Crypto, you can actually park your crypto with certain companies and they'll pay you a dividend just to hold it. So they'll hold it for you. As long as it doesn't get stolen, like some of these wallets and stuff, you know? (laughs) Or like like corruption, like FTX. Or FTX. Oh, yeah. The crypto part of it was just a sideline part, right? Because it was more of a holding place. So they're basically taking people's 
assets and using them for their purpose uh, versus, you know, they just happen to use crypto as it is probably the, the yeah. easiest way to do. Yeah, bankrolling political candidates was one of the things they were doing to yeah. the, yeah, and then the money laundering it through Ukraine if you followed that. So it's just, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's so a much. All right. And that so got to be put away forever. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Okay, Tony, stay with us. Uh, we're going to come back with some closing comments. Audience, don't touch that dial. Best of investing will be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Tony Bradshaw of Millionaire Choice. Hey, by the way, Tony, we forgot to let people know uh, how to get a hold of you if they have some questions. Yeah, the best way to get in touch with me is to look over, find me on themillionairechoice.com. That's themillionairechoice.com. I actually give away a free coaching session every day, Edward. So okay. if anybody wants to talk to a millionaire, get some insights, get some direction, I'll be glad to do that. You just have to book free life and money mentor session on themillionairechoice.com, and that'll put you on okay. my calendar. So pretty simple. Just go to millionairechoice.com and look to, look up Tony. Okay, good. Hey, I want to uh, shift a little bit over to Pacific Private Money because they're they're one of the, the main sponsors of the show. Uh, so very interesting that uh, they've been growing like crazy. Uh, but a lot of people are thinking, oh, no, with real estate dropping in price potentially and, you know, a lot of uh, uh, transactions getting canceled and, uh, you know, that sort of thing, uh, the volume going down, like what's going to happen? But the interesting thing is that uh, they don't do as much refinance market. They're not in, they are in there, but not as much as, as the purchase market. So what's happened is that they've become a bigger fish in a smaller pond because a lot of the major mortgage companies have laid off people because the refi market has dried up considerably. Mm-hmm. That's not gone, but it's dried up. You know, who wants to borrow money at 6% when they had a 2% loan? There's no reason to refinance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, the property hasn't gone up as much in value to, to extract any more money out. So uh, what happens is that a, a lot of the supply of those uh, brokers, let's say, for doing that and, and the money has dried up over there. So what do they do? They go to alternative sources and the Pacific Private Money is still around and uh, you know, they're busier than ever. Uh, they did close to, if not more than a billion last year. And uh, this year you get a little early, a little early. Uh, we're just in January, but, uh, but very, very, very busy. And then from the investor standpoint, uh, you do have to be an accredited investor, uh, which all that really means is you have to have a net worth of a million exclusive of your home uh, or make 200,000 a year if you're single, 300,000 if you're married. Uh, but they have a few different funds. And the, the main fund that they have right now that they're uh, suggesting that people invest in is called the Freedom Fund. And that one pays 7% if you put 250 in, 8% if you put a half million in, and a million or more gets you 9%. Best part of it is that there's no lockup period. So all you have to do is give 30 days notice when you want your money back. So, you know, I don't know any other investment where your principal kind of stays the same, right? Uh, and it's a great place to just park money until you want to go into crypto or uh, buy another piece of real estate or buy stocks. And a lot of people are saying, you know, what do I do with my cash until I figure out what I want to do? Well, 
You know, right now, I think the highest bank rate out there is about four, four and a half percent, which is actually very good compared to what it was a few years ago. Uh, but, you know, if you can earn seven, eight or nine percent very conservatively, not a bad place uh, to, to put it. So you can check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Uh, let's see, uh, Tony, we have just another minute or so. Uh, what do you want to tell the audience to uh, give them some extra advice in this last minute? Yeah, uh, I'll tell them two things. One, uh, start today, you know, you've got to spend your lifetime uh, getting money smart. You know, we spend 12 years learning math, English, and science in school. Uh, if you want to be good with money, you got to think the same way about, about money. If you want to be a master, you got to spend time learning. And then the other thing is this concept I'm teaching people now, which is, you know, learn to put purpose behind your money. I, I talk about that. Give your money a purpose. Um, I believe that the, one of the reasons the world's so jacked up today in so many ways is because the wrong people have all the wealth. Uh-huh. And, and it's because we've abdicated our responsibility and dominion over money. And we need to take it back because there's a lot of people that need, need our help. That's good. I like that advice. Very good. Very good. Okay. We are going to cut to our thoughts for the day. How does a North Pole carpenter fix something that's broken? He glues it together again. <laughs> uh, if you'd like that. And what did the snowplow guy say when his equipment broke down? Take this job and shovel it. All right. And with that pun, uh, tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.